episode number 353. The perception could definitely be rebranded. The way you talk about yourself, the way you treat your customers, the way you treat your staff, right. all of that is a part of branding because all those people, those hundreds, those thousands of people they employ, they talk. And if they don't have good experience working there, it might not even matter that the people who get your product have a great experience. The people delivering it don't. Welcome to the Be Real Show with Travis Tutal and Hoff, where we talk about life, dreams, social media, and business. Well, hello and welcome to the Be Real Show with Travis Tutal and Huff. Folks, you know your boy is always fired up. Uh, but on days like this where I can talk about your brand, talk about ways we can change your brand, especially with the, a leader in the industry, someone that's doing it on a day-in-day basis and has also a really cool story, which we're going to get into, Mr. Kyle Duford. Kyle, are you ready to be real? I am ready, Travis. Let's go. Uh, Mr. Kyle, uh, just so you guys know a little bit about him, was a former magazine editor. Uh, and they turned himself into an e-commerce guru. He figured out the e-commerce game, how to sell things online, how to make transactions happen online. And then at the end of the day, led into uh, becoming a branding expert, someone that can help not only tra- transform your brand, uh, you know, basically help shape the way that you do business through either a rebrand or in some cases, uh, you know, you're starting from scratch. You got an idea, you haven't figured it all out yet, and you got to put a brand on this thing. You got to put a, a logo, let's just be real. And, uh, and it's important. It's very, very important. And sometimes you got to rebrand, right? And uh, so we're talking to you, Mr. Uh, Kyle. Tell me a little bit about your story, sir. Did you always have a fascination with kind of brands when you were a kid? Did you always like have some interest into that? Yeah, you know, I don't know if I would have known or articulated that it was about brands that I kind of had a thing for, but I always just, I was fascinated by, you know, certain types of looks of things. So whether it was the swoosh in the side of a Nike shoe, or I remember very vividly, we had a pan, an old, old Panasonic TV. Uh, Grant, this is back when there's only three stations. You're probably too oh, young yeah. to remember that. But uh, yes, yeah, so rabbit ears, you had to get up and move it from, we it, outside Philadelphia, it was three, six, and 10. Uh, but I just remember staring at that Panasonic logo and I, and I loved it. And um, my grandparents drank wine. My grandmother uh, drank a, a particular kind of French aperitif called Lillet. And um, I remember seeing that bottle and just thinking that, you know, that what it stood for just started resonating with me. And so I just remember glimpses, you know, even my, even my Schwinn BMX bike, I remember glimpses of things that just went, I don't know what that is, but I just kind of liked that it's labeled something. Uh, And yeah, so I guess I always had, no one's ever asked me that before. And I, so I never thought about it, but yeah, I I always had a, a, a knack for that. And, And when Instagram first came out, there was a challenge that somebody, I can't remember why or, or what, but write down the first 20 brands you see when you wake up. Ooh, so okay. I, I, we're not ready to take a picture of it. So I had this kind of like field of, it was like, you know, Folgers and Colgate and, you know, there was a Jeep and all the things that you saw throughout the day. Right. Or the first 20 things. And it was amazing to me that it was within minutes of waking up that you saw these things. And that just started kind of, kind of harkening back to how I grew up and what I loved and, yeah. So, yeah, that's a kind of an interesting question. But. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a fascination because I think as a kid, obviously, you don't know about it. You really don't know what a brand is or marketing. And you don't really know unless your parents are working in it as an ad agency or something like that. Right. You just hear the terms a lot. As a kid, uh, you wouldn't know. 
but you're definitely gravitated towards good brands and you like to buy things and you're, you know, the, the kids control the consumerism for the household too, in many ways, cause they're at target with mom and they say, Hey, I like that. I want to get this. And right. it, it is branding, you know, uh, uh, whether it's a commercial, whether that's a viral post, whether that's a contest, TikTok, blah, blah, blah these days. But, uh, when we were kids, it was just a logo, you know, it was a lot of times the logo that was attached to the, uh, the, the product we liked. Well, think about when we were kids, you know, on, on uh, Saturday mornings, we're watching cartoons. No one actually wanted the taste of Lucky Charms or, you know, or like uh, Fruity Pebbles. I mean, they're, they're pretty awful if you think about it. Right. But when you watch the commercials and you saw these things that surrounded them, happy kids eating and, um, you know, uh, the animated, and yeah, animated mascots and things. That's really that's that connection you start making as a child. It's, it's we call a brand an emotional connection between someone and a, you know, a business, a, a product or service. And when you have that connection, you just, you want to be a part of it. So the next time you go into, uh, you know, an aisle at a, at a grocery store and my seven-year-old is with me right now, actually, and she, she can, she can probably tell you more about this than me, but the, the fact that you see this and you remember the feeling you had when you saw it, that's the power of a brand. And right. so, yeah, it really does start when you're younger and, um, and probably when it, guys, guys, our generation, when you saw all that stuff, I remember GI Joe's and Voltron, all these things, then you see the toy and then you see how you felt or you watch the cartoon. That's really where it all starts. So as an adult, I get to basically like play as a child again in a, in a space where I get to help create those uh, moments and connect people with that feeling. And that's uh, something special. So get them back to that childhood feeling of being a kid and uh, maybe some brands uh, at the end of the day need to rebrand, you know, to, uh, totally. or, or refresh the, their, their strategy approach. Uh, so your story really comes from you're working as kind of an editor for a magazine. Is that correct? Yeah, I well, no one would hire me as an editor or as a writer. And I was at a college and, uh, and I went to school for both writing and design and, and I couldn't make my way in either. And so I started looking for... I've always been an outdoor guy, endurance sports advocate, runner, triathlete, cyclist. And so I went to Outside Magazine, Men's Health, Runner's World, Triathlete Magazine, and everyone said, no kids, sorry, you need to go away. We have no work for you. Like, who the hell are you? And so I said, all right, screw you guys. I'm going to start my own magazine. And I started a triathlon magazine and uh, quick, quickly went from the third. It was a very crowded space already, but this is right burgeoning times of, of uh, triathlons in, in particular. Went from third to second within a matter of months. Wow. And then sold it to the number three and it was a great run. Wow. We, we did it between two magazines. I was there for about five or six years. And then I went back to those original people outside men's health, men's journal, you know, whatever runner's world, the, you know, all those places. And I said, all right, I'd like to write for you. And they went, Oh my gosh, you were the editor of this magazine. Absolutely. Come write for us. We'll pay you $4 a word or whatever. And I'm like, nothing's happened in between these two years. These two, I didn't go back to school. I didn't, I'm the same guy. I'm writing the same kinds of things. Um, but yeah, so I went, uh, through that transition, loved it, but then realizing the writing was on the wall for magazines a while ago now, and I just had to jump ship before you know I sank with it. And so I went to online content, then I went to uh, e-commerce, uh, helped some businesses grow, and in the process realized, kind of thinking back when I was a child, realized that I was really just telling stories my whole career, mm. telling stories using photos and words, and if I could attach that to a business like I did with e-commerce and sales... Well, then I know really how to brand in some regard. If I can polish up those skills a little bit, then I can help other businesses really grow. And that's what I'm doing today. Yeah, dude. And talk, and talk about branding. I love you guys' website, thebrandleader.com. Uh, we create and lead brands. And uh, <clears throat> that, 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 that first image is badass, dude. That dude's just grinding on the hill there. And uh, 
So now you've taken that passion, obviously, and you're doing it at scale for businesses and like it's so much, somewhat of an agency model, correct? Totally. Uh, uh, where you're helping brands at scale and you can do this remotely now with the beauty of obviously technology. Um, what type of brands do you find that you really love working with, dude? I mean, I see the outdoor feel instantly when I come to the website, you know, you kind of get that gut and feel because that's probably your interest too. But uh, tell me about the kind of brands you guys really enjoy loving working with. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's one of those things that I enjoy working with any brand or business that is willing to accept great information, research, and intel to help them grow. So mm-hmm. while we, we work particularly with uh, outdoor and active lifestyle um, brands, technology, finance, and medical, those are kind of the big ones. We do a lot of ministry work as well for some churches here in the South, oh, nice. but primarily those are the, the four sectors of those industry sectors. But really, if you come to us, and, and we have a lot of people outside of those four, um, but there's just you know too many to name. When they come to us and say, listen, we don't know what we're doing. If they're letting us help mold them into what we think they could be and really let us sink our teeth into that, that's really who we want to work with. So it's almost sector agnostic at that point. Right. But the ones that are the most fun personally, and half of us here are athletes, are the ones like Power Bar that you see on the homepage and yes. there's another brand uh, Supra out of out of uh, Greenville here that's doing an energy bar. A lot of brands like that we have a lot of fun with because we get to, you know, we get to test things on our bikes and we can try their products. And of course, that's what we love. But we have, uh, I'm actually a member now of the credit union that we redesigned and won some awards for last year. They're very popular here in the upstate of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's ones that we actually, we, put it this way, we will never work for a company or a brand that we couldn't get behind. So we're not going to get behind a cigarette company, for example, or something that exploits children or one of those ambulance chasing kind of law firms. We want to work with businesses we can get behind, we support, we're loyal to, and those are the most fun. And when it comes to, uh, you know, transforming their brand, what does that look like? I mean, uh, it's not just a logo, right? I mean, it's the whole uh, kit and caboodle. Totally. Well, you know, earlier we said a brand is an emotional connection. And if if that's true, and we believe it is, then a logo is just one of many different touch points you can have. And if you think about brands that you love and popular ones today, like let's pick on Starbucks, for example. Right. We're both drinking coffee right now. So if you go to a Starbucks, it's not just the Starbucks logo that you have a feeling with. It's if you go to the same one, it's how they know you or how they mispronounce your, misspell your name on your cup or the type of drink you get is the same to every place. It's the green apron. It's the stores that have that kind of like third place feel and you've got the living room. Of course, this is, you know, pre COVID and you could go into these stores, right? But all of those different things, the types of sandwiches, the way they call out your name, how they greet you, the Starbucks app, all of that stuff adds up to consistency, a brand consistency. They have a definitely a position in the marketplace on how they, how they talk about their product, how they excel in the market. Look at that. That's great. (laughs) Crazy. Synchronicity. Synchronicity. By the way, you look a heck of a lot like Elon Musk. Has anyone told you? Let's go, baby. Let's go, Elon. Let's go, baby. Totally. So anyway, so there's, there's a lot of things that have to go along with a brand. And so what we do is we help articulate what those gaps are between perception and reality. And we help bridge that gap. Sometimes it is redoing a logo. Sometimes it's changing the color. A lot of times, most of the time, it's just how you structure the voice and tone and how you talk about yourself to your customers or particular subsets. Gotcha. A lot of folks try to, you know, they try to have a business and they really think that their business is, you know, say 25 to 35 year old men. And that's the sweet spot. And they don't realize they're not paying attention to the 43 to 50, 55 year old women who are 
you know, their core consumer. Right. And not to start listening to the customer. And so a lot of what we do is just kind of help feedback that loop. And that's why it's important to work with brands and businesses that will listen back to us. Because if you have, if you're hell bent on something and you just go towards that as misguided as that is, then you're going to fail. And so we try to help, again, bridge that gap between perception and reality. And that typically includes a lot of different touch points. Logo is one of them, but not the only one. Got you. And is it that, in that first uh, conversation, are you usually talking to like a marketing director or is the owner of the company? Uh, it probably depends on the scale, uh, you know, size of the business, I'm sure. Yeah, totally. It, it could be many times it's a CEO or founder-led business. And so right. they're coming to us and they're right at that kind of, uh, right at that leaping off point. They're three to four years in, they, they're going concern. Mm-hmm. They've got customers, they've got product, you know, they've got some purchase orders. They're ready to launch to the next thing. And they just, they don't have the look together. They don't really understand their customer. So we can kind of come in right there. Larger businesses, you know, we're talking 150 million or more. Typically it is a marketing director or a VP of marketing who comes in, or sometimes it's somebody who's just, you know, Hey, I need to do this for my job and I don't know what I'm doing in this realm. Can you help us? And and we help those people out as well. So it all depends where it is. The larger the business, the more people you have in the room, but the smaller the business, you typically have a CEO or just a two or three C-suite members who are helping out and, uh, and trying to make decisions. Both of them are fun. It's mm. just, it depends on how big the business is, like you said. Dude, that's epic, dude. It's you got a great microphone. Do you have a podcast yourself as well? Well, we try. I mean, not we're not as a uh, we're not as exciting as you, my friend. But hey, we, I want give a shout. Get, talk about your podcast, man. I like that. Well, we, well, we've got two. One is very, very uh, rarely produced, but when we do, I think it's some good content. It's just merely called the Brand Leader podcast got you in our website at thebrandleader.com and the other one we do with uh with a good friend of ours named rob out of uh san francisco and he owns a company called echoes communication he's firmly doing pr and uh and events and kind of uh brand activation through his firm called echoes communication and he joins me almost every week every other week excuse me to do uh, a new podcast called the crux and basically a crux is um in rock climbing it's the hardest problem you have during a route and and how you solve it is kind of the big deal. So we call it the crux because we listen to outdoor industry leaders telling us about how they succeeded and what they had to get over, what that hump was, what that crux was in their career and how they solved it to get to where they are. So that's been really fun. And you can listen to that anywhere you get it, probably wherever you get your podcast, my friend. I love that. Apple, Spotify, anywhere, baby. That's uh, that's an interesting concept too, because like uh, most of us in entrepreneurship, there is a breaking point where we're like, you're either going to go up the hill or you're going to have to go back or you're going to fall off or something, you know? And uh, it's interesting to hear the stories um, from the most successful entrepreneurs. They get, they find a way to get through that. They find a way to get through it no matter what the situation is. Absolutely. And uh, sometimes it always looks differently for everybody. But I would say a lot of times if you're an entrepreneur, CEO, et cetera, a lot of times it's just you look at yourself in the mirror and that's that's the solution basically, you know, in many cases, but then in a lot of cases we don't have the idea. So we need to have experts obviously in our lives and businesses. And, uh, that's, we got beautiful people like you, my man, to, uh, to bring us, uh, help and, uh, and expertise. Uh, and like I said, I always believe guys that branding is like one of the most important things you guys can think about, um, from the get go, especially if you haven't done totally. it. And then constantly, constantly, even if you're a huge business, Amazon, we are talking to a guest, Margo, that talks about Amazon's a huge beast, but you know, they kind of have a branding problem and that, that we, we kind of know that they don't treat their people that great. We hear about these kind of right. callers you hear and like these kind of 
systems they have, which, hey, we love because we get packages fast and cheap and et cetera as the consumer. I, I, I use the app all the time uh, because it just adds that level of convenience to my life. If I don't have to go to five different places and I can just add them to my cart, they come to me at a reasonable price. It makes Mr. Bezos a little richer, two cents per order, whatever it is. Uh, the whole point is in general, um, uh, you know, do they have a branding problem? Can they spend a little more time to either rebrand to their own employees, to rebrand to the community, uh, their efforts to their employees? I mean, I know they did a big rebranding for around the COVID safety stuff. I mean, I think everybody saw that, um, how they're basically keeping your packages safe and how they're doing this stuff. But uh, it's interesting because that's a huge, a huge business. Let's just be real. I mean, there's a lot of money in retail and, uh, and their, their, their business is beyond retail. So uh, it's very, very interesting. Uh, hearing a different perspective on it, um, you know, because, you know, they, let's just be real. They have affected a lot of people. A lot of businesses have not made it because of Amazon. Uh, right. But, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of it is just understanding how they're perceived in the marketplace. Now they might be making a decision saying, well, listen, we have, we know that whatever the number is now, 62% of all product searches online are happening on Amazon before they happen on Google. Mm. Maybe they don't, I don't want to say they don't care. I'm sure somebody does, but maybe they just not, you know, because they're growing, maybe it's not that big of a deal to them. Right. Right. This is what goes back to what I said in the, in the beginning where you have to listen to your customer and your consumer, because if the people that you're trying to sell to have an adverse reaction to your business practice, or in this case, how they treat employees, like you mentioned, that is going to bite you somehow. Now, maybe they're too big to fail. They're at that, that, that change, but at the same time, how many more people could you grab? Uh, you know, if you, if you did this uh, in, a, in a slightly different way. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, they did around COVID. They did a lot of different things, but uh, I I admire what they do from a scale kind Absolutely. of uh, because it's so Absolutely. hard to manage that, you know. But if you look now, they went. Remember, they used to send. It was, used to be FedEx and UPS from them, right. and then, then everyone laughed at them. They said, "No, we're going to have our own vehicles. We're going to have our own planes." And it was like, "Yeah, whatever, sure." And now it's an Amazon truck that comes to your house, and oh, yeah. that is insane so you have to admire that because what that is a that is a, a kind of an appendage of branding if you will because you're seeing oh, yeah. you're constantly seeing their name in front of you it's not just on the packages now it's on the side of the truck now that's on the uniforms it you're constantly being reminded that amazon 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 and 20 years ago it was just books that you couldn't find at barnes and noble and now it's literally anything you want to find it's a remarkable story so there's but there's things we can learn from them because they have hit those pitfalls like you mentioned and right. that's why you might not go through a whole rebranding effort completely but the perception could definitely be rebranded the way you talk about yourself the way right. you treat your customers the way you treat your staff right all of that is a part of branding because all those people those hundreds of thousands of people they employ they talk and if they don't have good experience working there, it might not even matter that the people who get your product have a great experience, the people delivering it don't. So there's a, mm. you got to always keep that stuff in tension. That's why I always say you got to listen to your customer always. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's interesting. Like I said, they're almost in a position where they might be too big to fail, but uh, I bet back in the day, we thought about the same thing for Sears or something like that. You know, you just right. never know. And obviously Amazon's got their, 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 their wings in many different places, but uh you know, you're right. I mean, I think it, uh, they could do an even continual job just so that you don't choose Target or Walmart or wherever you're going to choose, sure. you know, or your local place and just build that loyalty. Because I give also a shout out to Amazon because think about how many jobs they have. I mean, oh my goodness, how many jobs that they've created, even if you want to call them uh, grunt force jobs or whatever level job you want to talk about it, it's still a job. Right. Um, and uh, and uh, the things that they've done with shipping, and I think eventually they'll go into insurance and some of those uh uh, sectors based on data that they have of the consumer and be able to kind of ensure you 
cheaper than Geico could or uh, your life insurance. I mean, think about it, uh, Kyle. If I know Kyle's an outdoor athlete, he's a triathlon, he's eating nothing but healthy stuff, he's putting supplements in his body, I give Kyle a better deal. Even though Kyle's the same age as someone else that puts McDonald's in their body 24 hours a day, right? Right. Right. And, uh, and the, you know, they try to kind of pre-screen these things insurance, but, uh, I think if Amazon could pull in that data of your consumerism, they could give you a better deal. They could say, Hey, and life insurance is a big business. You know, life insurance is a really big uh, business. So I, I've heard that one's coming next from Amazon. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure it would be. I mean, what, if you look at the data from them on a very simplistic level, if you've ever been to an Amazon store an Amazon, like, Actual ghost stores. Yeah, I've never been yeah, to one, they're dude. Fantastic. And if you go to the ones that are that just sell books, because there's ones that sell anything, but but right. any one of them. But the, the example is easy if you look at just books. What they do is they say, I mean, they're very small stores, and they're the whole deal is they don't put any book with only the spine showing. You want to show the cover of everything. So if you do that, you limit your shelf space, right? It's just very simple. Right. But right. so how what do you how do you decide what you put in those stores? Well, they know within a five mile radius of that store what the most popular books are. And that means you're sharing it with your girlfriends or boyfriends or coworkers, whatever it might be. And they know what books are on demand. So they only stock the store with those books. It's a very simple way to ensure that you're going to get sell through right. on popular titles and you don't have to waste space on things that people aren't going to buy. So on right. a macro scale, exactly what you're talking about makes sense, right? Because they have the data, like you said, the products they're purchasing, how often they order. Because if you order supplements once, it's one thing, but if you order them every three weeks, they start right. going, okay, we're going to have a profile for you being built. We're going to make sure that we can offer you other items that fit your lifestyle and it dovetails into things like insurance. So it's all data driven, which is pretty uh, spectacular. Yeah. I mean, to the consumer, I think it just adds on to why you want to be a prime member and why you want to continue to be uh, and I even heard another one, mind blowing one, Kyle uh, and folks for Twitch, which is owned by Amazon. And this is another one because Amazon's just swooping up all these licenses, right? The content right. licenses on sports. And I heard one at, uh, from Tyler who works with Gary V. He said, uh, hey, what they're going to be doing is licensing that to the Twitch guys. And if you don't want to have watch Tony Romo or your, you watched your favorite Twitch guy commenting or gal commenting over the game. <laughs> yeah. And it's they're crazy. making money and streaming, you know, they're making yeah. their money streaming this and that, but you're watching still the game. You're still watching your, yeah. your football game, but you're watching it with your favorite Twitch streamer commenting over and not having to be, you know, whatever Tony Romo or whoever the, you know, the, the normal broadcast is. I was like, dude, that is crazy. When you think about the scale of that, uh, right. of, uh, the different content creators and people that want to monetize and, uh, Content is going to get crazy and interesting, man. I love it. I love it. Uh, but now, my man, we're about to take you into our top 10. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Apple or Android? Oh, Apple. 100%. Apple. 100%. Every day, every second of the day. Give me the sandbox. I love that. I love the Apple. Uh, Netflix or YouTube? Oh, that's tough. You know, we watch YouTube TV, but we're uh, Netflix fans as well. I'll, I'll go with Netflix on this one. Netflix, Netflix wins the day. Too much content. Instagram or Facebook? I haven't been on Facebook in years. There I you go. deleted my account. It's Instagram all the way. Instagram. And give your Instagram a shout out so we can follow you because I love your Instagram. <laughs> well, ours is the brand leader. Uh, very easy to find. My personal one is, yeah, that Kyle, but you'll have to request permission to follow me there. That's my personal one. Oh, okay, okay. So we got to get permission to follow. Yeah, that Kyle. We'll put them in there just in case uh, there's someone that wants to get connected to you in this world. Oh, absolutely. Yep. You know, wants to stay in touch, uh, but you know, it's smart to be pending approval on that one. Uh, chicken or steak, if you're thinking about a good meal? Chicken. 
Chicken, laptop or smartphone? If you got to get out the door right now. Oh, a smartphone. Apple. Smartphone. smartphone. Spotify or Pandora for music? Neither. Apple Neither. music. Neither. Apple music. I like it. Apple music all the way. Uh, movies or video games? Movies. I haven't played video games since I was eight. So I know, movies. You know, the crazy thing as a collector, too, because I got a couple different types of businesses. One's the collective collecting, uh, you know, sports cards, things like that. This uh-huh. is a Super Mario game. I tell my wife, the WADA Super Mario game just sold for $1.5 million. So this is 1999. You could have bought the, you know, the, the, the sealed video game for maybe 20, 40 bucks. If we mm-hmm. had insight, my man, to have just said, hey, let's just buy one and, and keep one on every video game we had. If we had just had the insight to literally buy one and had keep one. Woo, 1.5 million on that one. And they're, they're literally uh, becoming a really new investable asset uh, because of the rarity, you know, not very you know, many. I just found something that I was not a video game guy. I mean, since like Pitfall and Atari, mm-hmm. I just found recently a, a, a letter that I wrote to, I think it was Hasbro. I, I you know, mentioned GI Joe earlier. Right. I had every GI Joe he was. And there was, just, I can't Ooh, remember yes. his name, but he was the, he was the white ninja. And Ooh. they made him with two left hands for some reason. It was a completely mistake. And if you could find the one with the right hand, it was like worth all this money even back then. I found both. I had the one with the left hand and the right hand. And I wanted to keep it in the packaging. I was like eight because I'm like, it just felt special. And my mom would not let me. She's like, I didn't spend all this money. on. It was like, I think they were $5.99 back then in like right. 83. I'm not going to spend all this money for you to keep in the packaging and not play oh. with it. So she made me open it. Right. And I don't even want to know what that's, but I just found the letter. I made it. My grandfather made a duplicate. I did it on carbon copy typewriter paper. And I have found the duplicate in storage of me asking if I could buy one that, you so know, you that was actually, so yeah. And yeah, I never heard back, but anyway, sorry. We totally it's, true. it's like almost on so many things. I think we're going to, we're going to be kicking ourselves along the road. I always say the same thing, even about these little Pokemon cards. Uh, these things are like four or five hundred thousand dollars for the Charizard uh, integrated uh, ten, uh, you know, and they're literally just there's not any available, and so uh, crazy. And yeah, yeah, so it's just so crazy. Yeah, it is very interesting as our as our generations get older. Video games is going to be a new uh, investable asset. Uh, reading yeah. books or listening to books if you're thinking about uh, some knowledge. Reading books. I reading just, books. I, there's something about having something physical there. So I like to write in the margins, dog ear the corner, share yes. the friends. Yeah. Put a page also, note, come back to it, uh, totally. highlight. Uh, get- yeah, I've got, I got two right in my desk right now, reading two right now. Nice. Uh, Present Over Perfect and Radical, and, and I always have two or three books in my bag with me. I'm always just trying to figure some things out. You swap them off, just go read this one, and then kind of go to that one, depending on the vibe, but based on the- Kind of, yeah. In the chapter, and it's like, all right, I'm going to go to the next chapter. Go sh- do, switch the mind on something different. Right. I mo- and it's mostly books that aren't, uh, I don't really fiction a lot. I use a lot, a lot of memoirs or- you know, how to's uh, a lot of Christian books. And so there's just always kind of like how to do things or how do you, how do you treat your team better? Right. You know, how do you, how do you become a better person? All that kind of stuff. And I just, I just get off on that. I love it. Yeah. It's like the best thing about books is someone's putting their whole life of knowledge into a book that you get to read and quickly uh, right. absorb their whole lives. Uh, what do you think about investments, uh, stocks or real estate? Oh gosh, that's hard. I would say diversify. I know diversify, that like, baby. I like I that. Would, yeah. I'd do both. I like that. Keep the verse. Keep the verse. And if you're thinking about a vacation for you and the fam, uh, or for you and your daughter, uh, oceans or lakes? What do you? What, what would you prefer? Well, you know what? I've got six children. Only one of them. Oh, in the six office. children! Oh my yeah. god, dude, you're an OG. Right, right. Yeah, pretty much. Well, we got two older ones uh, in their twenties, so that's they typically don't vacation anymore. But most of the time, they do. Monkey, where do you like to go? We like to go to the beach, right? 
Yeah, she's saying yes. We like to go to the beach. beach. Actually, we have a summer vacation. We go to Fripp Island here in okay. South Carolina. We love it. So always beach. Always beach. Always beach. And then when you're waking up in your day, Kyle, uh, and you're getting yourself ready, getting yourself pumped for the day, why do you love being you? I love being me because uh, I believe in second chances. I believe God gave me a second chance. And uh, every morning I wake up and I'm just thankful to be alive. I'm thankful to have a family that loves me. And I get to look over every morning and see my beautiful wife next to me. And that keeps me going. That's all you can ask for, huh? Family is truly a motivator for us in entrepreneurship. I think that uh, one of the most beautiful things in life is uh, to create and build a family. And then it's not hard. I mean, it's not easy. (laughs) It's not hard. It's not easy. It's not Uh, easy. It is a hard job. And then uh, many days are tough. But, dude, shout out to you, my man, for being an OG in the game and, uh, and, and being a pop entrepreneur, as I like to call it. Yeah, thanks. In the business, family, relationship, and uh, and you're doing it at a big level, my man, big level. Do you think you'll ever retire from the game of uh, branding, strategy, uh, running an agency, uh, getting out of the game of business, the grind? I mean, I'll retire here for sure, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't think I'll ever get out of this in some level. Maybe maybe not so much the day to day. I you know I do consult as well, and I do a lot of speaking engagements, and so I'm sure at some point uh, I might reduce the stress in my life by just doing those things. But I I just love helping people out. And I I love seeing businesses grow and brands become a a household name. So I I think I'll be in this for quite some time. For the long term, baby. I like that. Keep the, keep the mind right. Uh, great. Books coming, maybe some other things like that possibly. Well, you know, I'm I'm actually just finished uh, a book. Um, Oh, wow. Here we go. See, I'm reading this mind ESP. Yeah, you are. I mean, it's not, I haven't been picked up by, by an agent. I just started that process. You don't even need that these days, man. It's self-published baby. Yeah, I know. Isn't there something nice though to to know that like? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Half. Hundred percent. There's, there's something there. My wife's hundred percent, Kyle. Hundred percent, yeah. dude. I, I if think you can, if you can, you try to do that. Hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, my wife's a published author with her her brother who actually works for us. I can see him from where I'm sitting. Oh, okay. And, and they're just you know they've had a good run at that and uh, and I wrote basically a, a story of my life but through the lens of all the people I've met and oh, so if you read a chapter it's about you know uh, it's about the the person. But if you read the whole story, it's about how these people affected my life. And again, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in second chances, uh, a lover of Jesus. And I just think that I'm just I'm thankful I'm here because there's times I, I definitely was on the brink of trying to you know not be here anymore. And so uh, right. I'm just thankful. So it's a great story. Um, you know, who knows if people want to read it or not, but that's what I'm working on. At the same time, we're also finishing up a brand book on basically the basics of branding. A lot of people, even you asked about what a logo is, is a logo brand. So a lot of that is about just kind of basic explanations for people in the business, more of a, maybe like a workbook, if you will, like if you want to rebrand, you can do it on your own. Uh, so that should be coming out in 2022. Ooh, uh, and that's actually being published by the agency. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's just basically called the brand book. So everything brand you want to know about how to, how to brand yourself, what brands mean, what logos are, you know, color theory, all that stuff. So, uh, so that'll be pretty fun. So we got a busy uh, 18 months or so. So just that keep on the brand later and you'll find it. So stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. Uh, do you have a strategy uh, on your day? You say you like to work out. Do you? Uh, how do you? How do you start your day? Well, I said everyone. I wake up next to my wife, which I'm thankful for. She and I, um, you know, we drink coffee together until it runs out. We go gotcha. work out together. We go to the gym nice. together, and then we go our separate ways for the day, depending on what the kids are doing. One of us does one thing. One of us does the other. We always uh, go home at the same time. We we enjoy family time. We Love cook that. dinner. Uh, you know, we we do our thing. But uh, she actually just came here for lunch today. So, uh, so we're pretty tight, but, uh, yeah, mornings wake up anywhere between five and seven and, you know, watch the news, have coffee. And then we just, uh, you know, either jump on the Peloton or go to the gym and, and get a workout in. Let's go, baby. Let's it's get fun. the flex off. Woo! 
let's go. Let's go. I love that. I love that. Is there a skill you're trying to master right now? Something to get better at? Something you're working to perfect or uh, just, you know, working? Yeah. I, I mean, my, I spent my whole life trying to learn how to be kind or kinder to people. And uh, yeah, I try to, I try to do that every day. I'm not always successful at that, but you know, I just believe, again, I just believe that, you know, I, I, I'm here for a reason. I've been able to be, I mean, I'm almost 47 um, and I, and I've seen it all. And so uh, I wish I could go back and be kinder to some people. And so now I just try to live my day to, to, to be that kind of guy. I don't always succeed. So uh, I try to do that every morning and uh, we'll see what happens. Right. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. We're gonna, sometimes we're going to bump into assholes. Let's just be real. <laughs> but, uh, well, but I was one of them. For sure. Yeah. Hey, we all at some point, we all have that moment. You know, we all have those moments. Some people are just consistently like that. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with, I would say, opening doors for assholes because uh, it maybe changes their mindset about, you know, being kind to people. You can do that a lot at the gym because people are flexing. They're getting roided out, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and just being nice to someone, letting them do a set or just being showing those little simple signs of, uh, of courtesy uh, for people. It, it's quite impressive. It, it's quite impressive uh, to try to do that because sometimes you see their energy change. Ah, cool. You know, they're just, they, yeah. their energy changes around it. And it takes sometimes you to change their energy unfortunately uh because the, their mindset is just kind of that ah you know and uh right, and, right. yeah they well, my wife someone. always likes to say when uh, when someone's don't doing something they get it you know they get all aggro on you because whatever and she's a she's a, a therapist so she kind of you know internalizes a, a lot of the mental thinking stuff but she always just looks at somebody if they're just you know bitching about something you know grocery lines or whatever and she's just like you know what you're gonna be okay right. and i love that because it just disarms people like wait what do you mean i'm gonna be okay like hey you're gonna be okay like no matter what happens me you know buying pineapples and milk at the grocery store i don't know why i said pineapples by the way uh i don't I like can't remember i did can't remember one time i bought pineapples at the store <laughs> fruit, but, fruit, fruit, yeah. fruit fruit yeah some milk <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, be kind. That's what I want to do. Be kind, folks. Be kind. My wife always says, we're not making it out of this thing alive. And I was when I get on my little rants and I'm like, you know what? You're right. You that's right. that's that's a great uh, quote. She's a therapist too. So she's right there with you, man. So <laughs> I love it. She's analyzing our minds the whole time, 24-7. Uh, I love it. A couple more last questions for you because I know you want to have lunch or di- uh, with, the, with the queen. Uh, if you could chop it up with a chicken dinner with anyone in the world, who would you would like to sit down uh, with and have a, a little oh chicken goodness. dinner with tonight? Oh, my goodness. That's good. Um, <laughs> my, my daughter's saying to somebody, what? She's just, no, she's seven. She's holding up a piece of paper hat. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> so um, I'm thinking about that, my friend. I think uh, I say Bono. I think Bono. I think, oh, I think my Bono. God. I think there's something about that guy, which is, which is pretty cool. And, uh, um, he knew, uh, he knew my wife's grandfather pretty well and, oh, wow. uh, she's never met him. I'd never met him. And, and I think there'd just be a great conversation there about all the things I love, which is, you know, music, you know, uh, kindness, uh, philanthropy, God, I think there's something there that would be pretty, pretty cool. And the edge would have to come with him. So let's, let's edge, say half of, yeah, we need the half edge. of you two needs to be there. We're going to have to tag them in a post. Uh, see, you never know. You never know. That'd be great. Uh, has there been be great. a book that has changed your life or either a book you either reread or a book you kind of just stays at your heart? Oh, God, man. These questions are amazing. I love it. Um, man, uh, I love, I, uh, let's say, let's, I'm going to, I can give you three just because I don't go. like, I, like uh, I don't like being a, a, you know, a conformist. Top three, uh, number, top three. Number one is, uh, I, you know, not to be cheesy, but I'd say the Bible. I just Absolutely. find new nuggets of that all the time. And I didn't read it for the middle 20 years of my life. And so coming back to that, uh, it just gives me a lot of strength. Number two would be uh, a great book by a guy named Bob Goff. Uh, my book's somewhat similar to his. It's called Love Does. Love really just does. snippets of stories uh, about his life and the people he's met along the way and how 
He's seen people love other people. It's a really, really cool book. I think it's a bestseller. Uh, it's called Love Does. And the third one is just for fun. And I said, I don't read a lot of fiction, but this has stayed with me my whole life. Nick Hornby is one of my favorite uh, authors. And he wrote a book called High Fidelity. People know the movie, I think, oh, more yeah. than anything. But that book is amazing. And that's when I've come back to you probably a dozen times in my life. So those three, Love uh, if I that. Desert Island books, I, it would be those three. Those three. That's a good lineup right there. I like that. I like that. Uh, and can you give us our listeners, uh, if, if they are intrigued, uh, not only about you, but also about the business, where's the favorite, uh, your best place to send them online? I think I said that earlier, guys. It's, uh, well, yeah, you know what? I'm, and we're always available. If you send something to hello at the brandleader.com, it actually comes to me. Gotcha. You can go to the brandleader.com if you want to read more of what's going on. If you want to learn more about brands, we've got a couple different free downloads, one on naming brands and one on rebranding, which is kind of a misnomer because it's kind of just about brands in general. Both of those are free. You can download those if you want to learn more. If you want to contact me again, hello at the brand leader comes to me at some point and, uh, and I do read everything that comes through. So, uh, and then online, like I said, you have, I'm private on Instagram, but, and I'm not on any other mediums. Uh, yeah, that Kyle has had to get me there. Yeah, let's go, baby. Let's go. We appreciate your energy, brother. I love what you're doing. You're an incredible family man. You you respect and honor your queen. And uh, and dude, you like I always tell all our entrepreneurs, we're just in the beginning of continued abundance for us in our lives and, uh, and really? the things that we can help uh, at scale with the new book and with these fun things that you're doing in your life. And uh, keep doing what you do, brother. Folks, Thanks. you've been hanging out with a great dude, Mr. Kyle Duford and Travis Tutal on Huff. We want to thank you again for your time today, and let's keep being real. What's another epic episode? And uh, if you enjoyed the episode today, can you please do me a favor and subscribe to our podcast, The Be Real Show, on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform? And also take a little time today, if you don't mind, and give your boy T Huff a review. I would really super appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening today. Do you want to get featured on podcast, guys? You can be a guest. And that's right, you have a story and the people, uh, the good folks at I Love Podcasts. That's I-L-U-V podcasts.com. Do that every single day. This is a new company, guys, in the space of podcast agency. And they realize a lot of the people in the, the space are just, it's just a commodity. And it does, they don't care. And these folks care. And I literally love Kenny and the team at I Love Podcasts, and they are doing it right for their customers. So you guys can be a guest on a show, ilovepodcast.com. That's I-L-U-V podcast.com. Let's go.